0: Episode of Turkish TV time. Today we're going to be talking about season two, episode eight, which is the last episode of this season. So that's exciting. Some really, really tough shit happens that I'm still not okay with. And um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that. Sophia has already said that she doesn't understand well, I think this episode is bad, so I think we'll be addressing no, that. No, Sophia no, no! I did not say Psychopathic that. <laughs> tendencies later in the episode. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> I only I said that I didn't. It wasn't as bad as I expected.
0: <laughs> um, That's very
1: different <laughs> than, uh, than saying that it's not bad at all. Three out of our the
0: four good characters episode. left. Yeah. death, Dead.
1: Okay, but we need a new crop of loyal ones, though.
0: It's true. It's
1: it was, true. like, very necessary.
0: I am not drinking any tea, clearly. Are you guys?
2: No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Good job, Steve. coke for me. Keeping up. Sammy is, uh, is looking forward to Wings. I am. Which I am is, you know, <laughs> as far as beverages go at the top. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so now, Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this terrible, tragic Episode that we watched.
1: Okay, so we start the episode with uh, kind of a recap or, or starting where we left off in the previous episode, which was Faisal walking into the pharmacy and saying, I'm on your side. Basically saying, you know, I want to get Ruya back, so I need to kill Megan. And like, let's end this plan. He brings kind of blue vial that uh, he says they need protector blood for this formula, which looks like really diluted Kool-Aid. <laughs> and yes. and basically what they figure out is that the reason why Ruya went after Faisal is because she needs his blood for this, not Faisal, sorry, after Levant, because she, she needs his blood for, for this weird uh, blue concoction that we don't know, well, that we do know what happens because he pours it on this plant and the plant shrivels up and dies in a very dramatic but terrible sound effects way. (laughs) Um, So then we go to Ruya and Levant and Levant is sitting like in some sort of dentist slash medical chair and they're just like an insane amount of blood that she's taken out of him and she's giving him, like, this juice, like, if he's a tiny child, so he doesn't pass out from all the blood <laughs> that they've drawn from him. And so, basically, I don't like, at this point, it's not clear if Levant understands what's going on or, like, why he would allow his blood to be drawn in such a volume. But, like, of course, we have to assume that he obviously knows, because, like, why else would she be taking all of his blood out of his body? So then... Basically, oh, so they, they like take like pan out of the scene, and it seems to say that Faisal was watching, or somebody was watching that interaction, and so then Zeynep and Hakan decide to believe Faisal, and they take him to the cistern, where Serdar and Azra walk in, and Serdar sees him and attacks him, which is a bad move, um, because obviously Faisal <laughs> could very easily kill him. And this is in kind of like in return for how he like almost, well, he not almost, he got his son killed and he like purposely had Mazar kill him. So basically they have this whole discussion because Azra and Serda don't believe that they should work with Faisal. But basically we know that they obviously aren't going to work with Faisal. So that confrontation is useless in any case. So then there's like some weird mysterious phone in the cistern that no one had ever seen before that starts ringing all of a sudden hakan answers and it's levant saying um you know let's meet up and i have information for you but i can't tell you over the phone very typical very mysterious tv show
2: was that phone um, bright red or am i remembering wrong it was it was bright red yeah i mean it should have if they really wanted to go all out they should have had like those see-through phones that uh (laughs) (laughs) like
1: you know i'm talking about those uh I love like those. 90s. Yes. Um, they were very high. Van- What's a Vanity phones? Whatever. Yeah, like I mean, you got
0: those. Not- you got
2: the lip-shaped ones, like the football-shaped ones. There's so many good ones.
0: <laughs> I had
1: a hamburger-shaped one.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Because I used that to love Juno.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: my God. I hated that movie so much. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: God. Everyone needs to tune in to our uh, special episode about novelty phones and
1: Juno. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so basically then they're discussing whether hakan should go on this mission and everyone thinks he should even like faisal azra serdar but zeynep's like no there's no way you're going and she's like very protective of him there's kind of like a whole and i guess i'll mention this later too there's a whole build-up like from comments that other characters make from zeynep's attitude she's like behaving kind of weirdly in the whole episode So there's sort of this buildup that obviously there's going to be some sort of fulfillment in this whole uh, zeynep Hakan love story, especially now that there's no Leila, there's no triangle. So of course there has to be a love story and that's the love story that will happen this episode at least. We don't know what will happen later. So basically, I mean, they're also all very worried because the objects don't work. So they are also trying to find out a way to find out more information about why the talismanic objects don't work and how they can get them to work again. So they Zeynep brings up meeting the Oracle. And so they decide, they decide that Hakan, Faisal and uh, Zeynep will go to meet the Oracle. They're taking Faisal along because they don't trust him and they don't know what he's gonna do. And they know Azra and Serdar are just gonna like not have a good time with him and probably they're gonna get killed um, if they just stay alone with him. So they go to meet this oracle in like some sort of city outside of Istanbul. Very weird location, if you ask me, in any case. And then they show up, they, they show this woman. She looks really young and she's at the oracle. And so they, they start asking her about like, why the talismanic objects don't work. And so she tells this story um, that we at least have to give the show that they're very consistent. They use the same actors. And they sh- like the story makes sense all th- like all throughout the different times that they show the story. So I think I mean that's a- at least some points on my end. you said so they show high a person- bar, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> I, was
0: I mean to ask some- if that was the same actor. I really wasn't yeah. sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was there's from, yeah, like make out scene from <laughs> okay. the John's Snow Hair.
1: Yes. Cause there's been some weird continuity things, I feel. Yeah. Um, like things that don't match up. When they should obviously match up. So I'm glad that this story matches up. <laughs> um so basically this the last time the objects didn't work was when the protector was um, sleeping with Pirae, um, as we found out before, and they like apparently were like actually in love.
0: Like I don't know why that matters, but
1: anyway, um that's a detail that's thrown out. But like obviously she decides to kill him when she realizes that the objects don't work because they are in love. Um, And she says that the only way they worked again was when the protector died and his children took over and they were able to use the objects. So basically they conclude that they need to kill Levant. And if they kill Levant, that's going to bring the power back to the objects. But then um, I can't remember exactly what's the segue, but basically the Oracle calls out the list of names of every single person that's died in the show. And Hakan is like, and says like Hakan has been carrying around this guilt of these people and that like basically until he lets go of that guilt, um, the objects aren't gonna work either. So so then Hakan and Zainab leave and they have a, like Zeynep is like very apologetic. She's very not Zeynep like saying like, I'm very sorry, this didn't work. I really expected it to whatever. Um, and then Faisal is left alone with the Oracle who basically says like, you're never gonna get Ruya back. Like That's a stupid dream of yours. And you're obviously never going to get her back. So just be aware of that. Then, as I mentioned, like, there's so many weird conversations. Like, there's one between Faisal and Hakan, one between Faisal and and Zeynep. All these little conversations, like, leading up to Hakan and Zeynep, like, finally, you know, uh, acknowledging their feelings for each other and and kind of, like, well, I'll mention what happens later on. But basically, there's a lot of build up to obviously something's going to happen with Hakan and Zeynep. So then, basically, Hakan decides to meet with Levant after all in this castle where his, like, apparently it's a castle that um, their father took them to and then Nisha took him to. So he's very familiar with it and he thinks he's going to be fine. Like, nothing's going to happen to him. So then, They have this whole confrontation where Levant says, like, why do, like, we're all evil, like, the evil is inside us, it's not in the immortals, so, like, why fight with, like, for this humanity and for the city when we're just horrible, all of us are inherently evil and this is never going to change. So, basically, like, this is some very, like, nihilistic rant from Levant and Hakan's like, no, that's not the way I see things, like, you should come to my side, like, we should try to fix the world, blah, 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 and so... He, like knocks hakan out and just leaves him like passed out with like his arm hanging off this like precipice from the walls um so then zeynep is like ap- like apparently she was around and she like hakan doesn't come back so she goes really worried in um is able to kind of like wake him up and decides that she's gonna confess her love to him because um, previously Faisal had said like you need to tell him, we didn't know what, but what what she needed to tell him was that she's in love with him and she kisses him. And basically it's se- like to me at least it seemed like that kiss brought everything like brought all the powers back to the objects and to everything. I don't know if it was that or if it was the fact that he and Levant had a physical confrontation which obviously showed that they're I mean, that they like aren't don't have a bond. So I don't know if that was actually what brought back the power of the objects. We can discuss that later. So then he wakes up. The objects are like stronger than ever because, like, for some reason, Zaynab decides to like stab him in the heart, and she just like gets thrown away like a a big distance. So apparently, this like they get to the cistern, and Hakan says that in this whole con- like he had a whole plan all along, and in this confrontation, he was able to put like some sort of tracking device in Devant's pocket. And so now they know where the lab, where everything is going down, is located at. So they decide that they're going to go to that lab because part of what Levan said was that the attack was going to be that night. So they need to go and stop them. So basically, they don't really have a plan, but they decide to go to this lab. Just to, long story short, uh, Megan is there with like some gun that has a silencer and like makes a weird wishing sound. That's not like a normal gun sound, I guess. And he kills Azra and Serdar like almost immediately. Zainab manages to kind of run away. Faisal immediately goes to find Ruya and basically convinces her that they need to run away together. And like, not like he's trying to convince her that he actually is on board with the plan, which we know that he's not because like he wouldn't have sought out the other people. If he weren't if he weren't on board, and he basically thinks that Megan is manipulating everything, and Ruya well in order to to carry out this plan and basically Ruya says no, I'm not being manipulated. this is my plan, this is the way that I think things should be, and i like if if you're with the other people, I don't want to be with you and basically he says like if you don't come with me, you're gonna die so Hakan is able to corner Megan who still thinks the objects don't work. So he he shoots him and the gun just like bounces off. So that's right when Mergan knows that he's done, and he's going to die. So he kills Mergan. Zeynep walks in and sees it and like everything's going well. So then Gruya and Faisal leave, like they're leaving and they run into Hakan and Zeynep. And basically uh, Hakan and Faisal had a deal that they wouldn't like, in the whole incursion, they were not going to hurt Ruya because, I mean, obviously Faisal is still, like, head over heels and obsessed with her. And so, like, Zainab basically says, you can't let them get away. You have to kill them. And at that moment, Faisal decides to shoot Zeynep and they decide to run away. And Zainab says, no, you can't le- let them go. Just let me die here and, and go get them. But obviously, Hakan's not going to do that. So she dies and he just very dramatically yells, no, very loudly into space, and it's the end of the episode.
0: <laughs> that was an excellent summary with a lot of sass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have so much more sass <laughs> waiting to come.
0: Excellent, like- because now we're going to move into our sass section.
1: But mostly about like not not the consequential stuff, just stupid prop stuff that made me mad.
0: Yeah, we can start out with the beginning of the episode, speaking of prop stupid prop stuff with the blue food dye water and the plant. Because,
2: yeah, it was laughable.
0: Like, not only does the blue food dyed water look stupid, but also like he pours like a good I don't really know liquid measures but like a good glop of it onto the plant to yep. kill the plant like i'm pretty sure you could pour anything like you could pour nail polish remover on the plant and it would do that and that's <laughs> you know like i don't understand how it's such a scary poison
1: but it wouldn't shrivel like that and it wouldn't make that no, horrible I don't, would noise anything,
0: would anything
1: make it shrivel and emit a noise plants made noises. No. yeah no that was terrible sound effects that just made me mad <laughs> too y'all,
2: much drama y'all remember that jackie chan movie i don't even remember what it was called but i was like i was it was like when we were like really young that it came out but uh he was trying to stop this evil i don't know probably billionaire and or scientist some kind of stock character from uh introducing uh a poison like that in the world's water supply and it would cause people to shrivel up into like little paper bags basically when they <laughs> drink oh my god watch this movie that i can't remember the name of and write this script because that's what this reminds
1: me of i'm gonna google what that was right now people <laughs> it's also i don't know if you guys have read the three body problem it's a very good book i have um, like yes, sci-fi I read book it for my book club
2: i didn't understand it at all
1: same same <laughs> but i loved it I don't know um, if I loved it. Anyway. I was very confused. But yes, I did read it. <laughs> what you just said right now remi- reminded me of like in the game where yeah. there's droughts and they just all yeah, like dry up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they revive when there's water again. Yeah. Weird book. Yes, but I did weird. like it. I wanted to read the other two books, but then I never got around to it.
2: Yeah, I, I, and many others in my book club nixed the idea of reading the other two books. We were thoroughly <laughs> confused.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had we had the same kind of rad- like very different points of view about the book in my book club as well. It's called the tuxedo. <laughs> okay so the tuxedo is a
2: 2002 <laughs> american action comedy film it's a spy spoof i thought it was real it didn't feel very spoofy to me that involves a special tuxedo that grants its wearer special abilities and a corporate terrorist not a scientist threatening to poison the united states freshwater supply with bacteria that spills electrolytes into the blood and totally dehydrates the host
0: red right. yeah,
2: blue uh i don't remember probably yeah it, it uh it received negative reviews from critics I mean, okay surprising Very <laughs> surprising. <laughs> it has a 21 percent rotten tomato uh score we should watch and compare to this episode
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i just don't understand um, why these immortals plans have to be so like
2: jackie chan movie
3: <laughs> <laughs> but what why do they also all have to do with agriculture or, like, is that not to do with agriculture? I was just confused because, like, since the other one was to kill all the crops and then kill all the people.
2: They're, like, um, old-timey like old still, kind of, because they were dead for a long time. Yeah. They're, like, catching up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, Faisal, like, doesn't need to catch up. Yeah, but he's also, like, not help them too much. He's not in on the plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those other Fulios were, like, plague, crops, locusts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But do remember that the crickets actually bit people, and then the people died in like two seconds. So right,
2: that was it, pretty it was
0: fast. A, it was a modern take on the locust plague.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Literal yes, plague. Not like uh There are so many of them. It's like no, it's a plague, transmitted by locusts. <laughs> 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 yeah. Why didn't Why didn't they just say locusts? Why did they have that subplot in the first place? This is our question every episode now.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: But then, okay, I have this. I I still don't understand Levant as a character, dude. Me um, too. Although I always knew that he was gonna be an asshole, because like, as he, like had basically told us that he was gonna I be awful. <laughs>
2: but it basically <laughs> spoiled everything. It was
3: too No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I like had hope in my heart that he would be okay, but obviously not, because he is an idiot. But the whole interaction with levant and Druya in the first scene is very confusing because like for example when she says like oh i was a nurse in the crimean war and he's like really and she's like no like did like did he know she was an immortal from the start or like yeah, i think did he like eventually realize it or
0: the way i'm rationalizing it is that somewhere in between Last episode and this episode, he somehow learned that her name isn't Denny's and she's actually Ruya and she's actually an immortal. And he's decided that his life goal is to kill every human on Earth or in Istanbul, which is like a lot of work to do off screen, I feel like.
3: Why do they always do the big off screen stuff? Like what they do a lot of stuff that could easily be a better plot line than what they're showing. Um, like the stupid cistern confrontations, which I'm extremely Annoyed by like every time we see the sister, and I'm like, okay, enough. (laughs) Now there's hope, sadly, like because there's going to be a new crop of loyal ones, and even Faisal mentions it. Like, aren't there more loyal ones we can call?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm really let's hope there are. They didn't answer, so there is hope.
2: (laughs) I mean, well, they were like, we're enough. The question for him is, like, why are you guys only seven up to seven people? creatures at any given time
0: (laughs) yeah the whole event thing is it was so confusing and like if they want to make him just like decide to be a bad guy I wish they could have built it up a little bit more or given him a some sort of motivation like at least say like oh she's rich she's gonna give me a bunch of money and it's like okay he's just a scumbag who's greedy you know but this way he's like everyone deserves to die Mm. (laughs) that's a big stretch
3: I think, I, I mean, if I were to, like, psychoanalyze this character, which, again, I'm not a psychologist or anything that can, like, actually do that in a, in a correct way, like, I feel like his whole, like, he just hates himself a lot because of what, like, he caused to happen to his parents, mm. like, his adoptive parents, that basically he decides that everyone is as shitty of a person as he is. So if, like, he needs to die, everyone needs to die, I guess. I don't know, like, if I were gonna read into his character, that's what would make sense to me. But still, I think they could have developed the character way more, because I still don't understand, like, the character's motivations. Like, at least we now understood more, but, like, he seems to be in love with Ruya, but he's an idiot if he doesn't realize that Ruya's gonna get rid of him as, as soon as he's fulfilled his purpose. Except, like, Protector Blood apparently is good for very many things that we don't know. Like, there should be a whole, like, catalog. (laughs) <laughs> because it's good for everything like probably like for COVID. baldness and like all sort of shit yeah. <laughs> oh covid
0: yeah that's another thing i didn't understand this episode you mentioned it in your recap like they said the shirt the talismanic object stopped working because the love between mm-hmm. and Jon snow protector hairdo was real <laughs> <laughs> but then they showed that like Levant and Ria's love was clearly not real so I, I know was- I think
2: I think the protector just has to feel an emotional bond that's how I always interpreted it like okay. it can be one sided I don't think Puraya was I mean I don't know like you said I think the narration or whatever implied that it was mutual but like I've just like from my own observations have a lot of trouble believing that she would be in love with anyone <laughs> ever <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, I think it works as long as the person who has the protector blood uh, feels more strongly connected to that which he's supposed to kill than his mission. So although it is confusing that Hawkon's guilt is also enough to, like, weaken the objects, that's not really, like... Yeah, giant. they kind
0: of threw that in there, but it really is unnecessary for the yeah. magic, so...
2: Yeah, like, are, are the objects, like, super jealous? Are they like, oh, my God, I'm not the only thing that Hawkon's thinking about? So <laughs>
0: <lazy.">
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dumb.
3: It's, yeah. it's very weird because I, I don't know if it's the subtitles or I wasn't paying enough attention, but, like, the whole Oracle things, like, they don't all make sense. Like, first she's like, yeah, and then she, like, draws his blood and puts, like, these
2: black rocks in, like, a line. Are oracles, like, supposed to or allowed to make sense? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're supposed to, like, kind you. Like, <laughs> yeah, true, but, like, it wasn't...
3: Like, it should have just been a riddle if it was going to confuse us. That would... Should have just been a sphinx.
2: Yeah, agreed. Just, <laughs> just a, a puzzle, and the, if you don't get it right, she eats you. That's the, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> or more more um, tame, like, Try Wizard Tournament Sphinx.
2: Yes. Yeah. Can I just like drop a little tiny teaser? No spoilers. A little tiny teaser that this Oracle shit's about to get wild, but like not right away, but like.
3: Oh. Ooh. Keep it in your
2: head. (laughs) I
3: kind of got the impression that this is going to be like the new love triangle or something. Because, like.
2: No, not that. She's a young
3: woman and she's (laughs) pretty.
2: No, She's like up to eight years old. Really, I mean, I think so. Oh, I, th-
3: I thought that it was a family, and like they passed it on or
2: whatever. Oh, I don't know. I I, assu- I was assuming. I mean, this is never confirmed. I just assume she was a bajillion years old. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that she's gonna come up more though, because if they just like dropped this in for one episode and it was like no no no, no. she's
2: she's a she's a recurring character and like by the fourth and final season it gets very wild like i said like you already but like we have to like i have to remember that i said this in reference this conversation when we get to whenever that happens because it's wild (laughs) so people keep watching the show keep listening to this podcast because there's gonna be so many more wtfs down the (laughs) line just so many
3: i mean there are already so many like i just you
2: you won't even be able to even let me tell you
3: (laughs) (laughs) this show is so games game of thronesy it's weird
2: yeah and the last season of this series is not unlike the last season of game of thrones in terms of like oh Oh, my god no no no, it's not that bad but it's definitely uh, (laughs) the, the last
3: season of game of thrones as we've mentioned several times on this podcast yeah is this trash
2: yeah no i wouldn't say i, I wouldn't can't. say it's disappointing. i wouldn't say it's trash but it's definitely like we're gonna have a lot of stuff to argue about and then probably more props people to laugh at
0: oh god so. the fucking props people
2: <laughs> my god the blood yeah. did you see the blood and the consistency
3: of the blood it was like cranberry juice i was like
0: well and yeah did you notice when azra <laughs> fell to her death not r.i.p um, there was like <laughs> a blood puddle on the floor under her but it was like clearly dried like it had been placed there like hours ago <laughs>
2: she's old
0: <laughs> she
3: looked <laughs> she looked very creepy like she just looked very creepy when they panned her dead
0: yeah I don't feel a keen sense of loss for Azra
2: Whatever not.
0: <laughs> also, Mergan. Right? Didn't we kill Mergan?
3: Yes, finally. Final. After years. That character just annoyed me so much. Like, just a character to annoy you, literally. Like, like they didn't- the only reason he was on the show was to be annoying. Yeah,
0: they didn't have any <laughs> idea what to do with him, what his personality was supposed to be. Yep. Like, in the episode, he's like he's like arguing to murder Levant which will just reactivate all of the objects right so like what is, what is he doing yeah
2: with? and won't help them but I guess them. they don't know yeah
3: also yeah. they're probably gonna need protector blood again like
2: obviously yeah they always run into some you know issue of their own doing that <laughs> requires them to get more protector blood get so out of jail the free protector
0: care. blood the key ingredient in the blue water yeah okay okay I'm not the, sure I really in the
3: power right here. Yeah, cuz he Faisal at the beginning says like, "Oh yeah, and I added that special element, your blood, and now look at what happened."
0: See, like I it didn't actually became that lethal. Much the point if they made the water red colored instead of blue colored or purple or just, or just like no color, well, it's, it's just I feel
2: like it's more sinister if just looks like nothing. Like, where are they why yeah, is that, that's that true? <laughs> Whatever.
3: I also I love that Faisal was the one who said like call more loyal ones don't you have more like I think it was something that like maybe not I don't know if the rest of the world of viewers felt the same way but like I feel like we on the podcast have been calling for a a new crop of loyal ones for a long time yeah like we're just sick of the current loyal ones for a while like since Jalen died like it's just been obnoxious. We're, like, ready for a new generation, so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I felt like Faisal was speaking for us in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) But also, why the fuck did they invite him into the cistern?
3: Agreed! I I wrote the same thing on my notes. Like, that's such a bad idea.
0: So insane. Like, now he knows everything. Absolutely pathetic attempt to, like... (laughs) punch him maybe like oh man those people sucked
3: I felt kind of bad because like obviously he's grieving his son who got killed and like obviously he's sad and stuff so I just kind of felt a little bad about that stuff for him and I get why he would want to beat up Faisal like and not think that Faisal is obviously much stronger
2: than him
0: yeah but it was a bad move
2: do we think Faisal ever was tempted to nap in the hospital bed?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think he was sleeping there for a couple nights.
2: Oh, nice! We a yeah. uh, million need, dollar question. He seems like a very we,
0: soft pillow type of physique. We need to
2: hypothetical. We need to do a hypothetical rating that each character would give the hospital bed based on their experience <laughs> <of> sleeping on <laughs> it. Like, what would Faisal would give, give the bed? Yeah, he would. He's he's, been, yeah, he's slipping on. To, like, much yeah. like, nicer lifestyle yes yes palatial
0: <laughs> then he turns into the Indian matchmaker and starts talking to Zeynep about oh my god she needs to get her love life in order Se- 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 oh my god. Seema? what was her name yeah Seema <laughs> yeah, Seema. Seema auntie
2: Seema <laughs> Faisal auntie
3: <laughs> oh my god I just I, I can't with with all the foreshadowing and build up to this relationship where as we've mentioned before, there's no chemistry between the two of them. A. B, like, how does Zeynep go from being like this very like rough around the edges, like doesn't bend over to Hakan's every wish, to like apologizing because the oracle didn't work and like being this like docile woman and like her her whole facial expression changed completely, and she's like in love now, and like she has to say "I love you" to fight to fight to Hakan. Like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't find it believable. Like, I wanted to find it believable because I knew that eventually they were going to get together at some point on the sh- on the show. I mean, I was expecting it to be more long lasting. Although, as you guys know, I have an issue with accepting that characters are dead for real on a show, um, and especially in a Levant scene, makes me think that Zainab can be alive too. I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, I agree with Zainab is probably alive, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but yeah, totally agree. Like, I'm actually fine with their relationship, like them get falling in love, but I wish it was still like the badass like antagonistic Zeynep of first season you know now she's like she's kind of boring she wears all these like baggy linen shirts I don't know why like what happened to the (laughs) motorcycle boots and fishnets and like crop tops girl like what's up with these linen shirts get rid of them she's lost her mojo that's why she got shot
2: yeah
0: well and yeah also
3: Levent almost Um, defeated her in the physical fight that was also unexpected
0: yeah which is yeah crazy
3: but why did she decide to stab him like in the chest like if she's angry why wouldn't (laughs) she just try to cut him on the finger like something more more chill like that was just like because it's really funny because she like kisses him and like tells him all this shit and then like just, like, there's some weird light explosion on his chest, so, like, they realize that something happened. And I think that's, like, the perfect way to avoid that awkward conversation of, like, she likes him, but Hakan has no clue what to respond. So, like, <laughs> I guess... I don't know. It's weird that they, like, cut off the conversation. At that point, I guess they wanted to leave the viewers intrigued as to whether he corresponds um her feelings or whatever. But that was just, like insane
0: that was not not a normal first go-to for how to test if he's protected
3: but how does another
0: fashion comment as well like does hakan just own like a red hoodie and a blue hoodie and that's all he wears every day like (laughs) those things smell so bad
2: and black converse of course yeah yeah which does do not have enough uh, ankle support for all that you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, but so did you guys think that the talismanic objects being restored was because of their love or because of the whole levante Takan fight?
0: I didn't even think of what you said with the fight. I um, automatically assumed that it was because of their love, but I actually really like the idea of the fight being the cause, even though <laughs> I don't think that's what the show wanted us to think.
3: yeah true i was just confused that's another of the scenes where i was very confused because like one moment they're kissing and having this like weird conversation and then the next moment like like some light comes out and he's magically invincible again
0: yep that's that's pretty much exactly what happened in that scene
3: oh my god so stupid i don't i don't know
0: also I know that Hakan said later that he was trying to lose the fight, which, first of all, like I'm sure he wasn't actually trying to lose the fight. I'm sure he just lost because he sucks. But he also lost to Levan, who's literally given a gallon of blood, who must be like about to pass out. Like, give that guy some orange juice and a saltine cracker before he like <laughs> goes into combat. That was so unfair. That
3: is a very good point. I had not thought about that, and that is really funny
0: like he probably was like about to pass out just standing just like climbing the stairs to get to the rooftop
3: that was very weird i feel like this show does that a lot where they like show something and then the interpretation like hakan's interpretation of what happened is different but i don't know if that's something about hakan or that's just about how the writers like the show to be
0: yeah i don't know i'm very confused (laughs) I hope they have a better plan from season two to three than they did from season one to two.
3: (laughs) True. So, like, there's, like, no loyal ones left, right? There's, the count is zero currently?
0: Yeah. Literally zero. Wow. Azra and Serdar get taken out in, like, 0.5 seconds.
3: That was insane. And they, like, fall. That was too dramatic for me.
0: Yeah. That was crazy. Also, we haven't mentioned this at all, and I guess we're supposed to just have forgotten about it, but Layla died like two days ago. I know. <laughs>
1: I thought he's thought already he wasn't...
0: completely forgotten her and is in love with a new girl.
1: I thought he wasn't gonna correspond. Like he wasn't gonna be in love with, with uh Zaynab because be- because like the whole Layla thing had been so few days ago yeah
0: but i, know, I guess i, I was, was wrong say, oh it's too soon but no yeah
1: same same <laughs> especially since the oracle like says her name and he like freaks out
0: yeah yeah
1: also like how did Levant survive did he just play dead
0: i don't know well well okay actually Zaynep gets him into like a beautiful armbar could have easily just like popped his elbow and then, like, gone on to kill him. But then she, like, does some weird thing where she does, like, a fake triangle to, like, choke him with her legs and that's, like, not how that works. So it was really just poor form on Zaneb's part that led to him getting away.
2: When she got herself maybe killed. Idiot.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, she's just lost her Mojo. She needs to bring back the fish yeah. and the leather. Um, yeah,
2: they're definitely, they enhance her strength and they protect her from any kind of weaponry. They're like the shirt, except... He's way more badass.
1: <laughs> also, I don't, I don't understand why they need Faisal. Like they haven't needed Faisal at all, and he just like literally killed Zainab. And I, I just thought that Hakan was gonna kill him in the cistern or like take advantage of one of those moments and just kill him because like why not? Yeah, like there's nothing really that he's bringing to the table.
0: You're so right. That Faisal's turn to the to help them literally did nothing
1: exactly he just got Zainab killed it's like stupid
0: yeah it's really stupid plus the oracle told him that Rhea was never gonna get with him again and he's just completely ignoring her
1: yeah i guess he's an immortal so he doesn't believe in a lot of things especially some random like oracle i think he knew about the oracle or like the
2: existence of oracles though i don't think that was like new to him that experience
0: mm-hmm. Merigan died off screen do we think that Merigan is really dead
1: yeah there's a giant pool of blood
0: on screen death
1: they didn't even know how to they- kill him they didn't know how to use him in life <laughs> or how yeah, to get true. rid of him <laughs> also the whole like Megan screams like that wasn't a met like a person's like that sound that they put like that was not a person screaming
0: <laughs> i don't remember that but i definitely believe you it
1: was probably still a plant or
0: cricket.
2: Probably poor- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh
1: my god they have like a set of
2: sounds on garage band of like extraterrestrial
1: noises and they're like for the plant for the cricket <laughs> for Maggie. also so where's bezier like they've i think do the do like Zainab and like the loyal ones not know that there's another immortal because she's like just kill the two of them and we're done basically but there's still vizier who's like lost and who knows where he is i guess like shooting levant but like why would he shoot levant i don't i like don't understand anything
0: yeah i don't i think that well i do know that the loyal ones are fucking terrible at their jobs so they probably don't know that vizier they just is don't this. know about
2: a yeah, whole ass yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm assuming he's the guy that shot levant and i thought it was like to clean up Levant, get rid of him and then also so that he would drop the thing in the water but i guess we'll see whether that actually happened or whether he was trying to prevent that
1: and also what's his deal like why is he in the forest always
0: yeah why isn't he being another of like ria's henchmen that should be his calling but
1: <laughs> who knows? who knows we'll see
2: I have a, I have a, I have a um, translation question or a subtitle question. When they talk about visit have they used a pronoun in the subtitles? Like whether it's in a Turkish. woman or a man? Because in Turkish, like it's the, there's no gendered pronoun, so I you think can't tell.
0: Probably used he. I don't remember okay. specifically, but even before we met any of the immortals, they were using he for all of them. So
2: ah, okay, okay. That's sad. That's like the default assumption. Yeah. In English.
0: (laughs) It's much better for a mystery show when you can actually keep the gender a mystery. Yeah.
2: Yeah. True.
0: So, today for our history section, we are going to talk about the history of oracles, what they are, some fun little Predictions that they had back in the day and their um, relevance to the region that Turkey is in. So, oracles have existed throughout classical antiquity in Greece, ancient Greece, and that area, as well as around the world in different cultures. So, in China, Hawaii, India, Nigeria, and like, let's see, Tibet and South America, there's also oracles. Oracles are women who are spoken through by the deity. So it was actually a way for women to be very, very high up in the political and religious organization of the times. The most famous oracle is the Oracle at Delphi. And she was an oracle of the god Apollo. And she was incredibly important to ancient Greece. Some of the fun prophecies that she had, well, Obviously, there were different women. It was passed along. But they, one king who was named Croesus, who checked me on the translation, uh, pronunciation, I have no idea. But he was the king of Lydia, which was a region that was actually part of Asia Minor, so where Turkey is today. And he tested the oracles of the world to discover which one gave the most accurate prophecies. And he found out that the oracle at Delphi was the most accurate because he asked everyone what was the king doing at that very moment. And the Oracle at Delphi said that he, she had, the king was making a lamb and tortoise stew. God knows why one would do such a thing. So anyway, he decided that the Oracle at Delphi was the most accurate. And he asked her, should I attack Persia? I'm about to attack Persia, what's gonna happen? And she said, if you cross the river, a great empire will be destroyed believing that the response was in favor of him. He crossed the river, he attacked Persia, and the great empire of Lydia that he was the king of was destroyed because the Persians beat the shit out of them. So that was fun. They also usually gave very vague prophecies, of course, so that they couldn't really be fact-checked on them. They could just say that they were interpreted incorrectly. I think this is a favorite tactic of George R.R. Martin as well. oh <laughs> and uh so one of the really fun ones that i found was she was the oracle was asked about whether the country should participate in a military campaign or sorry whether the person should participate and she said you will go will return never in war shall you perish but there's no comma so you could say you will go you will return never in war shall you perish. Or Uh, it could mean you will go, you will return never, in war shall you perish. So she was really covering the
2: bases. (laughs) They have commas in ancient Greek? How'd that even work?
0: Uh, Apparently.
2: Huh. Who knew?
0: That's a whole other history section. (laughs) That's right. The comma. (laughs) There were several oracles in what is modern-day Turkey in that region. Um, there was one at Ephesus and in several other places, but they were nowhere near the significance of the oracle at Delphi. She gave her last prediction in 362 AD. So she lasted pretty long into the decline of the Roman Empire. One of the oracles that was in modern-day Turkey is, um, was an oracle of the god Ares, which I think was pretty unusual. So, uh, I don't know. That's a fun fact, I guess.
2: <laughs> but Thank you, Sammy. I don't have any oracle facts.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's fun facts about how they got to their predictions. I don't know if they were like taking drugs or speaking in tongues or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure they were having fun. It was like, you know.
2: So people drank a lot of wine back then, didn't they? Yeah.
0: And they were super rich because people were always giving them offerings. Mm-hmm. And they're just a bunch of ladies chilling, having fun, drinking wine.
2: It is interesting that they were always women. Like I want I mean
0: Yeah. I mean Patriarchal
2: like, society then too, so
0: yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, I think it's it's interesting that the woman's power came from the deity air quotes speaking mm-hmm. through them. So mm-hmm. the man speaking through them, but it was a way to like tacitly give women a lot of power in the religious mm-hmm apparatus which is cool
2: were, were they supposed to be virgins was that part of the tradition I, question. I don't know i feel like that's always a catch like oh you can have power but you must be sexless it doesn't
0: say i think maybe okay. they were maybe the sex was part of their prediction making business who knows oh
2: okay valid
0: <laughs> no, i don't know Now we're going to move on into our WTF slash what the fuck section. I think we covered quite a few good candidates in the banter section already. My first is what the fuck Levant. Nothing in particular that he did, just his entire Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Can't
1: argue. (laughs) I guess mine is... I think mostly for the writers because like I just thought the whole treatment of Zeynep on this episode was bizarre how like she randomly became this like docile in love woman from one episode to the next when in theory she's been in love with him since day one so that was very confusing to me it's I don't know if was, like putting
2: up women just always become useless uh in media when they fall in yeah. love you can't have other goals and- or talents after that <laughs>
1: And I also got mad about how everyone's trying to say that Ruya is acting the way she's acting because she, like Megan is influencing her when she, like she very clearly stating like it's me, like you guys like think I'm stupid, but I'm not, and I'm gonna like like control you all and like kill all of humanity, and you'll see. So, well, I guess. On the on the part of the writers, at least they try to make it explicit that no, that she's her own person and stuff. But I just like what the fuck, all the male characters who think that she's just like some dumb doll that's a, like there to be a plaything for everyone.
0: Yep. I have a Zaynap related what the fuck, which is when she is shot, which was traumatizing, she already had dust on her butt. So you could see that she had already, like, done the scene where she falls to the ground before. Like, her black pants have, like, a giant dust splotch on her butt. So, again, what the fuck to the props department for that.
2: They have a standing uh, WTF spot along with the writers yeah, uh, here true. in
1: WTF Corner. <laughs> they have props their own tables. True.
0: Department is king of the WTF Corner. <laughs>
1: Well, also, um, for the Red, it's like, how did Zeynep from one episode to the next get bad at fighting? Well, this has been a trend where, like, she was an excellent fighter, like, beating the shit out of everyone. And then more recently, she stopped being an excellent fighter and just became an okay fighter who's defeated for plot purposes all the time.
0: Yep. And again, a Kevlar vest would have come in really useful (laughs) in that scene. And it could have fit under her drapey linen shirt.
2: Yeah, the costume department is going to soon be added to the seating in WTF corner.
0: They're approaching
2: the (laughs) fuck
1: corner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the props department, of course.
2: The props department's yeah, permanent fixture. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Did we do it?
2: Yeah. I don't have any other additional what the fuck's mine would have been. Nevant and the lack of any kind of purpose or character development. So.
0: <laughs> okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. We dedicate this episode to Mergen Sardar and Azra. Thank you for never being on our screens again. And we dedicate this episode to Zaynep. We hope that she's alive next episode. Otherwise I, think I might have to stop watching this show. And then finally I'd like to dedicate this episode to Azra's tiny gun. I hope that someone <laughs> picks you up who knows how to use you and keeps you in their tiny beaded purse because that's where you belong. <laughs> you I just love...
1: I just love how you guys jumped on my bandwagon now. At first, when I like said, Mazar can't be dead, you were like, oh my God, obviously he's dead. And now that it's Zainup, there's some hope.
0: She can't be dead. For She's us. literally the only character I like. <laughs> I she can
1: why. and probably will i don't know no i'll have a week to process we'll see
0: yeah well hopefully you'll join us for their next episode where we talk about season three episode one and how zeynep has miraculously arisen from the dead (laughs) and
2: and maybe there will be a new crop of loyal ones who seem cool and then will soon be revealed to be oh my god no
0: pretty likely
1: that better not happen <laughs> and, and or i'm and somehow gonna all explain seven, like the great lady seven
2: immortals are uh awake and fine again oh, <laughs> by some, definitely idiocy, some idiocy the hawkeye <laughs> committed uh during summer break for the show
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right guys see you next time